So when we scheduled this before, um, I was going to ask you about your book, but that was like before the, the Grammy nomination. So we got to talk about that. Uh, when did you find out? How did you find out? I was uh, really um, hoping, you know, this is a, a record that I poured a lot of, of my blood, sweat, and tears in. So, you know, I was really hoping that uh, it would get it. So honestly, I didn't sleep well that night. And so I woke up like, uh, the announcement I think was at 7.30, 7.45 a.m. Mm. And I woke up right at that time. And uh, my body woke itself up. And, uh, you know, I checked, you know, the online list. Couldn't find it. But then I started getting texts saying congratulations. So I knew what it meant. Yeah, yeah. What is that like for people who don't, those of us who do not live in that world, you know? So what what's next? Are you picking outfits? Are you trying to figure out who you're going to take? Are you deciding where you're going to go? With? What is that? What what are you doing right now? Yeah, no, I'll probably go. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be going. But no, I'm not going to, I'm not planning it out yet. No, no, no fashion choices yet. Mm. Uh, no shopping. Anymore. You know, we'll do that later on. It's, it's in February, I believe. So, you mm. know, I'll take my time with it's just a, you know, for me, it's a relief and it's an honor. And, um, you know, we, we definitely have to get the word out that we're nominated, you know, to make sure people consider it, um, you know, when they, when we do the final voting process. I'm part of the um, Grammy Association myself. I'm a voting member as well. Okay. So I've already voted for myself and yeah. Uh, other. So, yeah, at this point, uh, it's all about voting and doing other things. Uh, you know, celebrating the year is an incredible year, and this is a great way to end it. Uh, celebrating the year with family and, you know, kind of not be a musician as much as you can mm. for, for the next year. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you still teach? Yeah, um, Tuesday nights, uh, still teaching. I'm going to take off next semester because we're doing the Make More Room Tour. Mm -hmm. and that's going to up too much of that space. But, yeah, this is my fifth year teaching. Just wrapped up, uh, you know, I guess my fifth and a half year um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So yeah, I cannot imagine being 19, 20 years old, you know, when Jonathan McReynolds is teaching my class. Have you ever had any kind of like weird situation where it's really like you're just taking this class because cause, cause I'm the teacher? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I can always tell sometimes when they, when they come in and they, they already know they already know me and they know my music, but some students, they've never heard of it at all. Some of them are just completely, you know, they're just taking a class because they like the subject. Mm -hmm. um, but when I do see that, I think I'm, you know, if you ever meet me in real life or, uh, you know, see me in that setting, uh, I'm very normal. So I, I immediately squeeze out all of that, um, that random, it's all over by the, you know, by a couple classes in. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you a hard teacher? I am. I am a hard teacher, but an easy grader. Okay. Okay. So when you were writing your book, did you did you have students in mind? Because when I was reading it, that's I kind of I was thinking like this would have been good for me to seek out something like this to try to help me, you know, like with the direction of my life. It was that's what I kept thinking um, when I was reading it. But who who did you have in mind when you were when you were writing? Well, I think I think um, I'm a teacher just naturally. I think that's what comes up. I don't even have to try to be one. Mm. Um, it's my it's the way I think about things, the way I, I love to share knowledge and exchange wisdom. 
that's just always been something that I love to do. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if the tone of it feels like, you know, this is very, you know, student teacher or whatever, uh, you know, that's, um, that's just, that's just me. You know, that's just me. I love the opportunity to, you know, take something I've learned or I am learning and mm -hmm. present somebody else. Um, uh, so yeah, I, my, my intended audience was probably just people like me who, you know, we've heard the preaching, we, we get the idea, okay, I need to make room for God, but how? Give me the how-tos on it. Uh, and what does that even mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Being a church boy and hearing all the preaching, sometimes you hear good preaching, you know, quote unquote, good preaching, yeah. um, but you still have no idea what to do after that. Like, okay, so how do I apply that? And so I just wanted to, you know, uh, in, in the best way that I know how with the limited expertise that I have already just to, you know, present a little bit of how to. To me, it was a good balance of kind of a guide, setting guidepost, but also I noticed you asked a lot of questions too, like this is what, this is kind of where I am with it and you need to ask yourself these questions and you need to pray yourself and you need to find a local church. So that, that was a good balance, I thought, of, um, you know, kind of putting it back on the other person to say, now, what are you going to do with this information? Yeah, I mean, they, we got. I definitely didn't want to present myself as some big, uh, you know, expert on everything. Uh, at the end of the day, I think what I said in the book was I'm writing from a place of pursuit rather than mastery. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, pray that at the end of the day, even after or while you're reading this book, people begin to even make room for God in that moment. Making room for God is not just making room for this book. It's actually taking this book and going out and reading your Bible, praying, doing all those things so that you can get the answers to your specific question. Okay, so there was something that I wanted to ask you about. There was some things that made me laugh that were interesting to me, and so I wanted to ask you about. So you talk about your list. It says, this, this is simply my list of thoughts, concerns, and questions for which I must intentionally give God room to give me understanding and transformation. And so I wanted to ask you about a few things on the list. You said that you haven't reached necessarily a conclusion, but just kind of where you are with it now. So, okay, so one of them, when it comes to your dreams, it's better to walk ahead in faith rather than wait on God. And I know in, uh, later in the book, you talked about waiters and walkers, and we'll, we'll ask you about that in a minute. But yeah, where you are, where are you with that? Yeah, again, that's just one of those things. Uh, I hope people understand from the book, there aren't, uh, unfortunately, there aren't a whole bunch of just guidelines and rules about everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, on the first step, wait, and on the second step, walk, and on the third step, uh, do a dance and then, you know, run. Yeah. That's not how it is. Yeah. Um, God, God, he could have been that explicit in his instructions in the Bible, but he wanted to make sure, I'm, I'm assuming that he wanted us to actually seek him daily. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the idea of uh, give us this day our daily bread, he could have been the type of God, oh, just pray once a year. Get your annual bread here. Yeah. You only have to come back on January 1st. But no, he wanted them. Uh, he, Jesus said it in, in, in the Lord's Prayer. And it all it harkens back to uh, children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. He wanted them to come to him daily for that bread. Mm -hmm. uh, seek him daily for what you need for that day. Uh, you know, whether you're going to wait, whether you're going to walk, whether you just need to pray about it a little more, whether you need to hurry up because, you, you know, you should have done that last week. Yeah. All that 
tied up in the answer that you can get if you seek God daily. Okay, so what about, I'm not a huge people person. Do I have to smile and talk to folks at church or anywhere else? I really, I resonate with that one. That, yeah. I feel that one. Yeah, later on, I have a, a, a chapter called um, Making Room for God in Public. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, making sure that I understand a lot of us are introverts. A lot of us just want to be to ourselves. Um, but also, you know, understand that so much of your identity and, and most, if not all, of your purpose is about expanding the kingdom. It's about mm-hmm. reaching out to others, showing love to others. God said he will be with us always, even to the ends of the earth. And that was not just because he loves us so much and he just wants to be around us. That's him actually saying, I'm going to give you my power so you can go and change, infect the world. So if you're just, you know, all huddled up in a corner and not wanting to talk to anybody, that kind of limits your ability to affect the world. Mm -hmm. It kind of limits your ability to uh, fulfill a lot of the gospel um, that God has now put in you. So, um, you know, when it comes to that, I've had to learn how to get over myself. Yeah, I want to not talk to anybody on this plane or, or even in this service, but you never know how many people might need your voice, might have needed your voice. So how did you find, I guess, the balance with being your authentic self, maybe not always the loudest person in the room, but also understanding that we don't live in a vacuum? Was it, I guess, hard for you to find that balance between those two things? Um, yeah, you, I mean, well, you got to find it every day. I don't think I've quote unquote found it, mm-hmm. but I think today you just, you, you do your best to uh, progress and become more and more like Jesus and less and less like your fears and your insecurities and your concerns and all the things that you care uh, or you feel like you need to do. Uh, some of us, I think I, I outlined in the book that some of us have a shy or introverted personality and God gave it to us like that. It's in the blood. He built us like that. He has some special uh, uses for us. But some of us are, you know, we pile our own fear and our own insecurity and our own selfishness on top of it. And that's not, you didn't do that. So are you acting out of just your own selfishness or fear or, or insecurity in that moment? Or are you just being who you quote unquote are? And I think sometimes when we can find the difference, uh, we can realize that God, God put us in some places uh, that we need to overcome, you know, ourselves a little bit mm. and tap into who he's called us to be. And it might be way more than you ever expected mm. out of yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay, so the last one with this one. Um, Men don't cry, and some of the things they expect you to do in church are kind of girly and soft. Yeah. How do you? How did? How did you reconcile with that one? I mean, you know, every every day you got to reconcile with that a little bit. Uh, you know, growing up in church, and you know, uh, I'm, I, I think most people, uh, at least in certain places in the church, certain uh, denominations or whatever, certain cultures, uh, would admit that it is a, a woman driven culture um you know even though there's a probably a pastor at the helm and he's a man uh i probably a whole bunch of males in leadership but when it comes to the culture when it comes to the hand clapping and the foot stomping when it comes to all that it seems to be dominated by women so when you think about uh any sort of level of intimacy um uh, in, you know in, with god and just vulnerability um with people and with god you know we don't get an opportunity to see men do it all the time 
uh, even when they are in leadership, sometimes they're being cool and unaffected up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, the women seem to be getting the whole benefit of the move of God. And mm -hmm. so, uh, one, it was just necessary for me to see more men, uh, you know, have that vulnerability. Look, look at the William McDowell's of the world. Look at the, mm -hmm. uh, even my generation, the Travis Greens of the world, look at Anthony Brown, and, and look at Brian Quinn. Look at all these people that now I've been able to see men who, you know, I believe are, are men's men, uh, you know, uh, even drop that part of them, drop that guard, drop that wall um, when it comes to, you know, worshiping Jesus. Sometimes you just need to see it. And I, honestly, those some of those questions are not biblical questions. They are cultural questions. Mm -hmm. we, since we haven't seen David dance out of his clothes, we don't know uh, sometimes how men can conduct themselves and be that vulnerable, vulnerable and be that uh, enthusiastic about Jesus until we see somebody model it out for us. Well, I want to go back to the waiters and the walkers just for a minute. So what, well, first of all, what do you, where do you think you fall just kind of naturally? Where, where are you on that spectrum? Naturally, I'm definitely a walker. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I'm definitely, let me go ahead and do this. Uh, I, you know, I've gotten, God has given me a lot of like, skills and interests and so I can normally put together a whole video myself I can normally put a whole, whole song or a concert or anything else I can normally do it myself uh, <laughs> so that that's that's good because that means I save a lot of money a lot of times but um, <laughs> I wanna, you know jump start my own career because I didn't have to wait for people but it's bad because sometimes I move in my own strength uh, and so you definitely a lot of times with the walking and the walkers some things don't actually, you know, I, some of the things that we want to do, God doesn't necessarily just reject them and end them. He doesn't just say, nope, I hate it, and just knock it off the table. But he allows us to see uh, the limits of our own power and our own strength. Mm -hmm. And you realize, oh, wait, I can't do all this. Yeah. I am dog tired. Yeah, I, I have to sleep. I have to. <laughs> right, I got that done, but uh, I feel horrible about it right now. So, um, uh, I'm definitely a natural walker, I imagine. I noticed that right before you started talking in that, or writing in that section, you said just like a little prayer. And I was wondering, well, I was just wondering why, like why the emphasis in that moment for that? Is it because you see it a lot with, you know, people our age and younger? Um, oh, where I, where I say, um, let this hit people in the unique way that you want it to. Yeah, because again, uh, it's because our generation is constantly looking for answers. We're constantly looking for, just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. <laughs> tell me what music I'm not supposed to listen to and I am supposed to listen to, so I know if I'm sinning or not, if I'm going to heaven or not, if I'm doing it right or not. That's all I want to know. That's not what this journey is. I've been figuring it out, that it's not, it's not just about, okay, this is right, so do it or don't do it. No, it's that pursuit of God and just following him and he's leading us to all truth. It's a difference than just kind of walking in there. Jesus, I got the truth. <laughs> yeah. you go. I, know, I know when to wait. I know when to walk. Love you so much. No, follow him. And he leads us to that all truth. Okay. So I wanted to, so before, when I found out that we were doing this interview, I asked some people if they had some questions for you. And so I have some viewer slash listener questions that, um, you can answer. It looks like these are mostly um, aspiring musicians. It seems like you get a lot of that. Um, 
Okay, so one question is, what does collaboration look like at your level of artistry? Is it just jam sessions or is it all, you know, contracted and, and a very formal thing? What does it look like for you now? Um, well, no, it's not all contracted. It's not all formal. Uh, you know, a lot of times, even if you listen to my album, Make Room, uh, most of the people that were in that room were just there. And mm -hmm. so tossed them the mic and they killed it. And yeah, then, yeah, I never would have thought that because it was so good. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. Crazy. So Anthony, Brian, Travis, uh, the Walls group, mm -hmm. uh, you know, D1, that's, that, all that was, you know, they were just showing up and, and killing it. Um, now, maybe on the back end, because we have, you know, teams and labels that are, are you know, depending on our art and our image. Right. Of course, there's something, you know, some red tape that you have to go through. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, when um, artists are friends and we enjoy each other and we respect each other and mm -hmm. we want to work with, the, with each other, we're the major drivers to make sure some stuff happens. Mm. So, you know, yeah, hurry up, get that paperwork done because there's no way I'm not going to have my brothers on this album. Mm. Uh, you know, um, uh, when it came to even the collaboration with Tori Kelly, Kirk Franklin was like, you know, he was, he produced the album uh, and he was just like, man, I think John's going to be perfect on this. Tori's like, yes, that's one of, you know, he, I love him. And he right. called me like, yes, I love her. And, it, you know, you make it happen. Now, mm -hmm. we, let, we let the people with the suits do things that people <laughs> do. But as far as us, you know, we just enjoy the opportunity to, uh, to have, you know, the, to experience that mutual love and respect for each other. And so normally it is not incredibly formal how we feel it, um, even though we know there's a whole bunch of paperwork behind it. Okay. All right. Uh, next one. Do you, do you recommend playing alone or with a group to gain confidence? Yeah. Um, well, I think you should definitely do both. Uh, spend a lot of time alone uh, practicing and, and doing what you got to do. A lot of times standing in front of a mic and, you know, practicing smiling and looking at people and conveying whatever emotion you want to convey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say that being with a band does give you a little extra lift. It gives you a little bit of extra support. Um, even if you kind of miss the words, it keeps going. Uh, but on the other hand, that's why a lot of times I prefer to do it by myself because I'll forget some words. And since I'm controlling the whole show, I'm on the guitar, I'm all the time. I could just slow it down, stop it, go back, tell a joke, whatever I needed to do. So uh, I think really good artists uh, learn how to thrive in both situations. Um, uh, but I would say, you know, people, you know, I, I know some great artists that prefer to do it with a lot of band. And, you know, I'm one of them that I think I started doing it uh, solo a lot. And uh, so now that I have a band, it's kind of like I have extra toys to play with now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, at this point in your career, do you take voice lessons? I don't, um, not often, but I do uh, a lot of times consult with um, my, you know, vo voice co coaches uh, and voice doctors. So, you know, there's definitely a, a medical part to this that um, a lot of us, particularly gospel singers, do not, um, you know, Put enough stock in, mm. and, and I don't want I don't want to be twenty years down the line unable to sing or taking you know surgery or pills or anything else for that. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> but 
it is a good idea. And I know a lot of incredible singers, including like a Tori Kelly, or even, um, I even feel like Yolanda Adams does. Um, yeah. You know, just continue to work on that, that craft. It is absolutely the better thing you can do um, uh, than not. You know, definitely work on that craft. Get somebody to teach you to use your instrument uh, correctly um, and continue to grow. And, and those two singers I just named, if they are in fact doing vocal lessons like I believe they are, they are also two of the best singers we have in the world. So that should tell you something. Yep, yep. Okay, so do you, how do you balance creative control and letting the spirit flow? Ooh, um, uh, well, since I am such a walker, since I am such yeah. an alpha guy, you know, a lot of times that is tough. I have to, you know, uh, sometimes shut my brain off um, mm. and things that I think should happen in this moment or the musical ideas that I want to convey. Oh, no, God, but there's more lyrics that I feel like they need to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a battle. It is sometimes that I, I don't always succeed at it. Uh, it's, it's a little too much, you know, tug and pull sometimes. But, you know, it, it is just something that, again, as you go through it, as you do it more and more often, um, you'll learn how to to trust God in those moments. Um, I think it's easier for people who aren't as creative and aren't as musical and it will admit to it um, to kind of just flow. You know what I'm saying? Um, the people who are highly creative and who have prepared and written songs, you know, uh, with such, you know, precision, you know, they would rather lean on that. And so both ways, God is, you know, wanting the other to kind of step out of the box and do what he wants him to do. Because remember, not only are we doing this for you guys and, and the, you know, we, we want to flow the spirit for the, for the art, for the audience's sake. There's some learning and there's, there's a journey of growth and development for us as well. And so a lot of times, regardless of whether we flow with the spirit, uh, you know, quote unquote, be, uh, you know, spontaneous in that moment, or we just, you know, finish our song. A lot of times, either one will bless the house. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to our own growth and development, you know, God is definitely doing some disciplining and, and teaching along the way to make sure that next time that happens, we do it right. Okay. All right, last one. Does genre matter or can I just sing my song about Jesus? So I guess that's saying, like, can I do an R&B song or that sounds like an R&B song and it just be about Jesus instead of this person that I have a crush on or something like that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, well, yeah, the genres are definitely just man-made, you know, boxes for us to put, you know, stuff in, for us to categorize stuff in. Uh, most importantly, for people to sell the music. Um, they just give people an idea of what the music is. Uh, and so people who generally like R&B know, okay, if I get an R&B album, I have a high chance of liking it. So categories are not necessarily for us. Genres are not necessarily for artists to just worry about too much. I would say this, though. Um, don't intentionally try to sound R&B and do it about God, you know, sing about God the way you feel it. Uh, and don't worry about genre, don't worry about anything. Uh, I believe that God is, he's orchestrated our lives in a way that, you know, sometimes give us different musical tastes and musical passions. And I believe he would, he would, he would love to redeem every sound. 
I, I don't I don't know that I don't I'm not of the belief that there are certain sounds that he doesn't want anything to do with. Uh uh-uh, uh I don't wanna hear that rap. I don't wanna hear that R and B. That particular instrument I don't want in my music. Yeah. But does want hearts to be um pointed towards him. Um and he also wants the effect of the music to point people towards him. Yeah, and that's so, the point. Yeah, at the end of the day, uh don't think about genre too much. But do think about the heart and the authenticity and the effect that it can have on people. Um, That's our responsibility to make sure that we never steal the show.